0: Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. We are going to embark on a journey for the next month. I'm remixing a sermon series that we preached three years ago entitled Re, entitled Re. And the whole notion of This sermon series is going to be addressing why are we here? You hear me say this a lot from the front. Why are we even here? Right. Like, why do we do what we do? Um, And so in the next month, we're going to be unraveling and unpacking the reason why we come to church. Um, You see, because we are the church and some people will argue that because we are the church, we don't need to come to church. Um, but they miss out on a very important um, um, element of what God has designed the church to be and become. And so uh, stay tuned. Keep coming. Uh, it's going to be good. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand, and we'll have someone bring you out a copy of the scripture. Uh, it's, uh, it's our gift to you. If you don't have a Bible, you don't own a Bible, and I know uh, we passed the Christmas season, but you can gift somebody a Bible. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We're going to delve into some scripture this morning. Um, anybody having a good New Year so far? Hey, Amen. We had an awesome New Year's Eve worship set uh, ceremony, um, and we had an awesome Christmas Eve uh, worship uh, ceremony, and then we had Fifth Sunday, and so it's, it's the first time that we've been together for a while, and so I'm glad that you guys... Are here? Anybody remember the game Tetris? Anybody used to play Tetris so much? Anybody? Now that you just—it might just be me—play Tetris so much you go to bed and you still saw the little blocks <laughs> flipping in your head. And for you guys who don't know what Tetris is, maybe some of you younger millennials—I um, tried to play Tetris with my kids and they were like, "What is this puzzle game, really?" But we know the. Obstacle in Tetris was they used to send these blocks down, and as you collect the blocks and you fold the blocks and you make them the individual pieces pit, fit together, uh, you would think you were doing good. But then they started speeding it up, and speeding it up, and speeding it up until you know. Me and my wife we used to play Tetris for hours on old school Nintendo. I used to I started with my Nintendo shirt today. We used to play for hours. And so then when my kids got older and they got these consoles that are like awesome with the graphics and stuff, and uh, they got this game called Tetris. We got them Tetris Attack or something like that. It was like Tetris on crack. I mean, it was like Tetris, like you had two sides. It was battle mode, and when somebody gets the thing they pick it on your side. That was old school. But then you could like send bombs people's way and do all this other stuff. It was just too much. My eyes were bleeding trying to see all the stuff on the screen, and Tetris got too difficult for me. And why do I bring up Tetris this morning? Well, we want to talk about the balance. Of life this morning, right? As we try to evaluate our purpose in life and we try to evaluate why God has sent us here, we understand that life gets out of balance and then we see ourselves in a new year saying, God, this is the year that I'm going to follow you. God, this is the year that I'm going to overcome this obstacle. This is the year that I'm going to find out where I fit in the scheme of things. But then life happens and it gets out of sorts and we end up falling short again. And then December 31st, 2019, we say, God, this is the year. And we talked a little bit about this on New Year's Eve. We talked about the power of moments. We talked about the power of moments. And so just to give you guys a little bit of a. Uh, Why am I slide not sliding? Y'all don't know. Don't worry about it, Sean. All right. And so, why didn't I slip my eyes? Y'all can see that. That's just ugly. Okay, anyway, we'll talk about it. If you've seen anything in the foyer, we see that we exist to glorify God. That's our statement. That's our mission statement on the wall in the foyer. We exist. To glorify God. And I'm showing you guys my notes this morning. That's my handwriting is awesome in it. Um, To make disciples who know, love and serve Jesus Christ. Listen, this is not just something cool to say. This is not something that the elders sat around as we were establishing uh, 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 who we were going to be as a church, what God was establishing through us, who we're going to be as a church. It's not something that we say, man, this is going to sound cool. No, we understand that God is at the focal point of our very existence. And we exist. Listen, you exist because we are the ecclesia is what the Bible calls it. That is called the called out ones. That means the church. The church is not a building. It's not a, a, a it's not a social club. It's not just a nonprofit organization. We are the representatives of God, the called out ones of God to bring him glory on the earth. And if you're living your life up until this point and it hasn't been to bring God glory, then you're living beneath your privilege as a Christian. Now, some of us might be saying, how do you glorify God? What does it mean to give God glory? God has glory, right? Why do we need to give it to him? Well, that statement simply means that I say about God exactly who he is. And my life is led in a way that I say, God, you are holy. God, you are righteous. God, you are a provider. And because of that, I ask out God's presence in my life before others. And in doing so, I give God glory. And we exist to glorify God by, by, by our church, by making disciples. Making disciples disciples. Some of you might be saying, well, where do you get that from? It comes straight from Scripture. It's based upon the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 42 through 47. I'm going to ask you in the back of the room, did you run my slides? No, I'm not. There it goes. we are back up. And so, quite simply put, it means to recognize the essence of who he is and all of his greatness. And we praise him and worship him because he alone deserves it. That's why. We're here. Look at this. I um Six or seven years ago, me and my wife were a part of a ministry, We have been a part of a ministry for a little while. I'm taking my glass off so I can't see y'all's faces. Uh, I got to do it. Cause I start preaching differently and you start looking funny. Can't even see the Michelle right now. So anybody pass the second row, you're safe. Make any face you want to make. <laughs> and so me and my wife were a part of ministry. And this, listen, listen, this is not a diatribe to put down any other ministries. It's not. It's not. It's for us. We got to a place where we were, um, we were actively involved in ministry. I played the bass. We did children's church. We were uh, youth pastors. We cleaned it like we were involved in it. You open up the church. We was in there. And God began to stir and shake something inside of me. I did a mission trip to Togo, West Africa, and I saw these people, uh, the Togolese people. They were there and they were mimicking Western church. And they didn't have the capacity or the ability or or the resources to do so. But they were mimicking what they saw on TV. They were mimicking T.D. Jakes or mimicking. uh, 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 um, um, What's the guy? The big guy, whatever. They were mimicking these churches. And I'm not saying that those churches are bad. Please don't hear me say that those churches are bad. Like it takes all types that like my mentor taught me that for first and foremost, it takes all types of churches, big churches, small churches, house churches, uh, 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 just as long as they're a church. And so I'm not saying that, but I saw these people, they were mimicking that as if that was the pinnacle of holiness. As if that was what God had called them to. And it began to just, it just began to stir in me. Like, what are we doing here? Like, quite literally, like we were in one of the poorest countries in the world and the pastor just wanted a great suit, a tailored suit. And I'm like. What are we doing here? And I'm not saying it is bad again, but it just stirs something inside of me. And so, when I got back home, I began to pray. I was like, God, how do we impact them out there? And I don't know why, but on a whim, God had me to go to Google Maps. Anybody ever been on Google Maps? It's awesome. And I looked up the neighborhood that I grew up in, and there is literally a church every 1,200 feet. Every 1,200 feet. I lived in some housing projects. Watch this. There was a church on this corner of the housing projects, and there was a church on that corner of the housing projects, and what happened in between was just crazy. And I was thinking to myself, God, why isn't the church impacting the community? And you know what? I believe God revealed to me, you know, I don't get all spooky and say the Lord spoke to me and James Earl Joe's voice came and all of a sudden this is what you shall do. Not that, but what was impressed on me was that the people in the church are not being who they're called to be. So this is no slight against church leadership because I am a church leader. There's no slight against them, but until the people in the church rise up and start saying we come together for a special purpose, But we're supposed to live our life in balance and now there we're supposed to be the church. Then the world will not have hope because the church is the hope of the world. So I hope this. I I told you, I took my glasses off. I hope I have some convicted faces in the place right now. Because, listen, it convicts me. Because what happens is our lives get out of balance. Our life gets out of sorts. And then we put God underneath. What we're supposed to put God as, and then our priorities become first and foremost. You know what, God, I would do that, but you know I got these kids, and I got to I got to take Jimmy to soccer and Susie to a uh, 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 violin, and, I, and then I got work, and then I got to, you know I got to have my me time, and then I got my Netflix time, and all of this stuff. And I, none of that stuff is bad in and of itself, but if it trumps God, then something's wrong. And our lives are out of balance. And so for the new year, I want to get my life back in balance. I got to put my glass back on so I can read my slide. And so years ago. We left that church. Um, God led us to another place and God led us to this place for purpose. I know he led us to this place for purpose. And so we landed there. And shortly thereafter, I became a community pastor of this other church organization. And we fell in love with the mission, the vision and the value. Guess what it is? It's the same mission, vision and values that we have as this church currently. And so it was a church that gave away 50 percent of what came through the door. It was a church that did Fifth Sunday serving opportunities. It was a church that empowered people in the body to become uh uh, 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 whatever they wanted to be for Christ's sake. So non organizations were stemming up out of this church. I mean, we were going to all these different countries and 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 locally and just and 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 just loving on people. And I'm like, this is what the church was supposed to be. This is awesome. And then God made a way for us to be an off branch of that church. And so we took the mission. We took the vision. We took the values. And as we were launching out, we were a small group at the time, as we were launching out as a church, we did this series called The Tangible Kingdom. It was based on a book that was written like in 2006's, 2004's. It's called The Tangible Kingdom. And this is what this, uh, this demonstrates. And it blew my mind when I read this book. Well, actually, I, I started a book and I got to finish a book. And so I read the first few chapters. I was like, all right, it's kind of all right. But then I got to like chapter seven and I saw this diagram and I was like, oh my God, that's our church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So if you look at it, the people, the authors of the tangible kingdom, they said to, in order to find a sweet spot, we have to have the ability to balance a life rhythm that has healthy balance of communion, community and mission. It has these three things that tie into it. Community, communion and mission. And so just for the sake of defining things, community is people fellowshipping with other people. Christians fellowshipping with one another. And so if your life does not have that in it, you're going to fall off and you won't have balance in your life. Secondarily, he said, well, first I should say this first communion with Christ. If you don't have the ample time to spend time with God and to find out what God is doing in your life, then your life is going to be out of balance. And lastly, the ability to be outward focused, the ability to have a mission in your life. And so if you're waking up as a Christian and you don't have a life mission, then you are falling short of what God has for you because, listen, serving God is the prize. And so you have to have these three things to keep your life in balance. And in the middle, a little black dot that I have uh, circled there, they say God shows up there. When all of those things are balance, you're in community, you're living on mission, you're, 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 you're communing with Christ. God shows up in that sweet spot. And as I read that some of you guys ain't jumping yet because you don't you don't you don't you don't realize uh, what that how that looks. But if you look at this like that is exactly why our church was founded. We say it all the time. We exist to glorify God, to make disciples and watch this. How do we make disciples? Teaching them to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. Listen, we say this all the time here. When you learn how to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ and keep those things in balance, you will not fall off. You will not be showing up in 2020 going, my life's out of balance. And so to define our way of finding the sweet spot, we say knowing God is learning to trust God. Knowing God is learning to trust God. And listen... It's a lifelong journey. He's going to consistently bring things in your path. That he's going to say, you have to trust me on this one. You have to trust me on that one. You can't fall apart. You can't run away. You can't punt on first down. You're going to have to trust me. You got to learn to trust me. Secondarily, we have to learn how to love. And we define love as following him with others. See, because sometimes we want to just live in a bubble. I just want to know God. I don't want to know you. I want to know God. And God says, how can you love someone, say you love someone who you can't you say you. How can you say you love me who you can't see, but you can't love that brother right there? I call this the play fair clause. God put that in there on purpose. And you ain't never been tried like being tried at church. Right? Because we judge others based upon what we see, but we judge ourselves based on our intentions. And the first time somebody hurt us, I told you they were crazy over there at that church. One person hurt you, you left the whole church. One person didn't even intentionally hurt you. You were just in your fields that day. How do I know as a pastor? Because three weeks before you say, this is the greatest church. I, I just love the people here. And then all of a sudden I can't find you. No moment, like, Why? And then you, I catch up with you. and say, Somebody said something to me. And so we need to learn how to love people through the hurt. We need to learn to look at people how God looks at people. The Bible says if you see someone that's not sending unto to death, you should pray for them. And so we need. To learn to love, and we need to learn to follow Him with others. And lastly, we need to learn how to serve, how to live beyond ourselves. And listen, this extends past fifth Sunday serving opportunities. Yes, it does. Oh, Jay got something going on at the at, 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 at the uh, the orphan the orphanage the the the, the, the teenager. House. Let's let's go over. Oh 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 oh! They they doing something. They giving out Thanksgiving turkeys. Yeah, I'm not saying that we don't do those things, but our life needs to be a life that exemplifies serving. How can we follow Jesus, who was the ultimate servant, and we ain't willing to serve nobody? Or we only want to serve people who make it easy to serve? Anybody ever been a waiter or on the wait staff in here? Remember, you had those good tables. Those good tables. You like, oh man, y'all made it a pleasure serve you but sometimes people test every little bit of you <laughs> here's the thing go after who's, who's going to have, to have to get something to eat after church who's going out to a restaurant after church ask the wait staff who's the toughest people to serve i guarantee you half of them will say church folk after sunday <laughs> i don't want to see a big table full of christians coming in after church on sunday because one day really demanding and they don't tip And my mentor used to tell me, "Don't go out to eat unless you can tip big." Oh man, you know you get these. And sometimes, listen, me and my wife we used to go out with a group of groups of people out the church, and we'd be like, "Uh, nah, we good," because I don't like spitting my food. You used to take that back? That's not hot enough. No, I said a splash of grenadine in my. You just got out of church. And so we need to learn to serve. We can take a humble posture and serve others. And we call it thinking beyond ourselves, living beyond ourselves. Sorry. And I believe that if we get these three things in tandem. If we get these three things working in our direction, in our favor, personally, in our lives, it will keep us from falling away. It's keep us from falling short. It'll keep us, it'll keep us, it'll keep us balanced and moving towards God. Y'all don't believe me? Let's put some scripture on it. Acts chapter 2. Sometimes you get excited about the word. You preach the whole sermon before you brought the text into it. But let me tell you guys something. I'm passionate about this church. And not just because I'm the lead pastor. Listen, I fell in love with this vision when I was at somebody else's church. I'm passionate about it. Why? Because I've seen it executed and exercised in my own life. I've seen lives impacted by it in my own life. I've seen people who still don't believe in Jesus, but they were like, man, there's something different about your family. There's something different about like, you know, what's, you, know, you know what's the ultimate for me, the ultimate compliment as a pastor is you've been hanging out with fellowship with somebody and then somebody walk up and go, Pastor Sean, they go, oh, you're a pastor? <laughs> Don't tighten up now. We've been fellowshipping real good. Acts 2, verse 42. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers knows I color coded this. uh, The blue signifies knowing God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. I'm not saying this is the only way that it works, but I see it work in the Bible. So, hey, watch what happens. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Red signifies serving, the blue signified knowing, the green signifies fellowship. Watch this red signifies uh, serving. And they were selling their possessions and be longings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need. Now, time out, time out, time out, Jesus. I don't mind serving folks out of the stuff that I don't want no more. Them shoes I ain't worn two and a half years, I can get, I, can, I can take those. But they were giving up their stuff, their good stuff, and bringing it together so that all had whatever they needed taken care of. Now, I'm not going to start a cult. Some of y'all say, I told you this church was a cult. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to share bank accounts, none of that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is they were living beyond themselves. For the idea of this community that had been created, and they listen, in the midst of persecution, they were excited about this thing. If I want to tell you that you guys yeah, come to church next Sunday, and there's going to be police all outside there. You gonna have to get through, and they're and they going to be throwing rocks at you, and some of y'all going to go to jail. Y'all be like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I love Jesus. I'm going to love Jesus from home. And the first community of the church had every opportunity to say that, but they were so excited about being a part of what God was doing that they were like, yes. And this is not just first century stuff, you can look throughout. The, the, the world, and we see persecuted people in all other countries, and, and, and they're being persecuted for just going to church. Here in the United States, let your car break down. You you ain't going to church. Let somebody suggest that you Uber to church, because you can get to church. No, I'm not going to make it today, Doc. What's the matter, Cowboys? Kick off. I ain't going to get And go to church today. Why not? Man, I was up too late last night. You'd be up too late last night. You go to church. I mean, go to work the next morning. And this is not the guilt you into coming to church. But listen, there's something that happens when we come together and fellowship. There's something that happens when we pray together. There's something that happens when we glorify God through the words of affirmation and we lift up our hands and we sing praises unto the God, uh, the, the God we serve. Now, this is a pastoral moment. You can take it or leave it. You know, I'm not going to listen. Listen, listen, When those doors fly open and worship songs are on, you should see his opportunity. I need to be in there worshiping my God. If that means you got to get here a little bit earlier to get your donuts. Get here a little earlier to get your donuts. <laughs> because something happened. Something I know you looking. at they're just singing and they don't even have a full band. And, <laughs> and, and, and listen, something's happening. Supernaturally. God is waiting for us to show up here. If we get here at 9, God was here at 730, I promise you. Well, you know, God is where I'm at. and God is, Listen, that's good, but you're doing too much of that up at the top. You're doing too much of that knowing that, 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 that you're not keeping your life in balance. Because if all you want to do is know God, and we've met them, people that know the Bible better than, better than Jesus know the Bible, that's a, if that's a possibility. But they Pharisees. You ever met somebody like that? They know the Bible back and forth and they can't live their life right to save their life. Well, you know what it say in that book, man. It say this, this and this and this. And it's like, well, why can't you live it out if you know it? Because they're neglecting the other parts of the scripture. And then some people, I mean, they, they, they serve. Like they serve, but they ain't reading their Bible. They, ain't hanging. they, 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 they serve, though. And that just makes them UNICEF. This makes them red cross. There's no gospel. There's no power behind it. You can serve all day long and people will take all day long. But we serve with the purpose of giving them hope. We serve. Why? Because Jesus came and served. And so how can we tell them about this? this you know what? I find it really amusing that, that, that people say, I love, I, I love what Jesus did, but I can't really get with the church stuff. We're supposed to be doing what Jesus did. Man, let me tell you about this man. You go up to you, you, I want to witness to you about Jesus, but you're not serving. Jesus was the ultimate servant, and so our lives become a sermon. Our lives begin to open up doors. Why are you doing this for me? Let me tell you, I'm doing it to show you the love that I've experienced. Doing it to show you the love that I experienced. And then some people, they just love community. And we see them all the time. CrossFit and, and not to say that those things are bad and shooting clubs and bowling clubs and, and just in the club, whatever you want to do. Because we were created for community. But oftentimes when the community has something to do with God, we go because I don't want no parts of God. You know what I found, and and, and this is again, I'm being a pastor and and, and just take 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 it with a grain of salt. Listen. When we ask, hey man, can you come up to the church and and, and help us with this or this? I just I just I just really ain't got time. I just really ain't got time. Then I'm asking you what you're doing, though. You got time for everything else. Why? Because you haven't set certain progress. Now, here's, now, now hear, this, hear this, hear this, hear this, hear this. God is going to do what God is going to do. This is not a guilt trip, but it is, I, I am seeking for conviction today. Why? Because we're called to be something so different than we currently realize we're being. And everybody's not going to hear this message this morning. Everybody's not going to hear this this morning. But I want somebody... Who's been wondering, what's the gap? Why is my life out of balance? I want you to just try this. Try to ask God, God, if I'm a Tetris piece, how do I fit in? Because you think that you're distorting, you're governing your time. But listen, other people in this building need you. I know you don't feel like you're gifted. I know you feel, don't feel like you're talented. I know you feel like God hasn't really given you a whole lot. But listen, certain people in this space need you. Certain people in your neighborhood need you. And not you per se, but the God in you. And they won't see hope. And listen, the world is just getting darker and darker. We just so, I said this a couple of weeks ago, we're just so angry at everything nowadays. We're just angry at it. that. Just I'm just I, I. We used to do that back when we was in the streets. Jay, you, I tell in. I wish they would tonight. <laughs> we even listen to the music to make us crunk. So I wish you would. <laughs> Try me if you want to. And how can we be Christians and acting like that? We should be doing a different I wish I would, Christian. I wish you would ask me to pray for you. <laughs> Come on. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Woo. It'll be the best prayer you ever had. Don't play with me. Wish you would say you need something to eat. hmm Wish you would say you need a ride to your doctor's appointment. I'll be there early. I'm going to serve you on another, like like you ain't, like I'm going to blow your mind by the way I serve you. I'm going to do it with an excellent, I'm going to leave a mint on your pillow when I'm through. (laughs) This service experience, you're going to be like, oh my God. Have you ever been to a restaurant or a hotel and you're like, oh, like they are doing their thing. Exceed somebody's expectations of Christians this week. Exceed your expectations of Christians this week. And so they they had a heart to serve. Look at verse 46. And day by day, standing, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their home fellowship again, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers. How many day by day? Those who are being saved. We've gotten to a place now in our Western Christianity, our Western thought life. folk don't want Jesus, so I'm not going to even try to give it to them. But listen, when it's the darkest, the light shines the brightest. And I'm not talking about I love Jesus, and if you love Jesus, for this to 15 people. That's white noise. Nobody don't listen to that no more. I'm talking about being out there actively saying, God, today, how can I serve you? Today, Lord, we got service all over. Like, like, Alexa. Hey, Google. Set me an appointment now. Like, we culturally, we just don't know what it is to serve no more. Miss Beverly going to make me run around the sanctuary. I just called it a sanctuary. Lazy. Yeah. Somebody put me in E-flat, Zuri. Just preoccupied. Just got better stuff to do. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. I got better stuff to do, Jesus. Got time for all this. Reading my Bible, praying. What's wrong? Another season of Black Magic on Netflix. Black Mirror. I don't even know what the name of the show is. Got time for all this. I got to make straight A's in school. So I got to study 17,000 hours and not understand that you're studying 17,000 hours and you ain't retaining none of it. Try studying three hours and praying. Got to get this scholarship. You three foot four. <laughs> Your daddy was four foot. You will to get a basketball scholarship? <laughs> okay, Muggsy Bobs, go ahead and do that. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying you ain't. (laughs) I'm saying. Because this life is so temporary. It's so short. If you don't take anything from today, why are we here? To glorify God. How do we glorify God? By worshiping God. It's just not singing songs. That's saying, God, my life is yours. Listen, I'm doing way too many of these nowadays. I gotta drive up to Dallas this week and officiate another funeral. My, my aunt passed away. If my aunt could speak right now, I don't know how old she was, 70 something. I'm guaranteed she would say those 70 years are short. And you notice how day by day life just seems kind of menial and normal. But when you look in the river, you go, where has the time went? Because we hadn't woken up with purpose. The Bible teaches us to teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart. Teach me how to understand that each day, God, is a day that I need to dedicate and devote to you. I'm not saying don't start the business. The business might be good. It might bring glory to God. But listen, the business can't go above God. I'm not saying don't go to school. But I'm saying, listen, the school and your education can't be above God. I'm not saying that your kids can't play sports, but I'm saying stop yelling at the referees. That's what I'm saying. But we're teaching our kids that God's not important. And I recently saw Generation Z, this generation is twice as likely to be atheists as the generation before. Our generation. I, you, know, you know why? Listen, I'm not a sociologist, psychologist. I play one on TV. But look, I think if we've taken the priority of church and fellowship of God and community and Christianity and serving. And we've elevated sports, the sports of God here in the United States. And we told our kids, listen, you know, I ain't going to be able to. I, I was financially responsible. I ain't got no college money for you, so you got to get that scholarship. I'm just saying. Go for three and all. You're going you to play for the Longhorns. They're not going to recruit him. But you need to teach him, listen, son, we need to get on our knees and pray. Son, we going to the church today. I don't want to go. Well, you just, just, just. I had a, had a house cleaned up before I get home. My kids will tell you right now, they're on the front row right now. they look looking at me sideways. Listen, as long as you're in this house. You're going to serve some Jesus unless you got a 103 fever. You come in, sleep on the front row if you got to. Mm -hmm, They got grown. Now, you know what? I'm thinking, no, you're not thinking. Still under my roof. This is how we serve Jesus. I would be negligent. And now they serve, Now now they leave ministry. Man, how did you write? I, I, I don't know. God did it. I, I, I just brought him. God did it. And stop, so, stop pursuing so much of life that we forget that God is there waiting and willing and we're supposed to worship him. Secondarily. We glorify God by edifying his people. That's what we're here for. When's the last time Oh, I'm I'm full of conviction today. If you're a visitor, I use it, use, I, but I'm just, hey, it's a new year. I got to do something different. Don't laugh at me. It is different. What's the last time you invited somebody over for dinner? You don't have to worry about it. I'm cooking. Let's come over. Let's fellowship. Let's hang out. Play some board games. You don't like board games? I don't know. Play the week. I don't know what you do. Was the last time you did that? Hey, just come over from dinner. Let's hang out. Let's get to know one another. When's the last time you, you, you attended a small group? When's the last time you raised your hand and say, hey, I got a house. We can have a small group at my house. Because listen, if we're just waiting for ministry to happen here on Sunday mornings between 10 and 1130, then we're missing it. We're missing it. Hey, bro, last time I saw you, man, you look like you're down at death, man. Let's just go out to coffee. Let's just talk. I'm not trying to get all you, I just want to talk. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. If you don't, let, hey, we, the Holy Spirit, will, the Holy Spirit will, will guide those conversations. And it's so funny that as we grow in our faith, we have less and less Christian friends. And the friendship we have in the church are kind of friendship. And so we're just walking around lonely. God did not design us this way. He designed us for community. He designed us for community. Worshiping God. Edifying had to find his people. And finally, we will glorify God by sharing his love with the world. Evangelism. Who oh, has a bad word in the church? That's a bad word in the church. And listen, let me just spell something real quick. We're gonna close. Evangelism is not arguing with people about what they believe. That might be a part of it. Evangelism is not apologetics. Being able to just just, just persuade someone based upon science and world culture and that's a part of it. But more so than anything else that could be a part of. Let me say it that way, that could be a part of. More so than anything else, evangelism is telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. Even if you have to say, listen, I don't know a lot about a lot. I know I should know more about my Bible than I know. I don't, I'm sorry, but let me tell you about a story. Let me tell you about a man that came into my life and came into my heart and shifted the way I think He's changing my nature. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But let me tell you, there's something that's happening on the inside of me that I just can't keep it to myself. And have that same enthusiasm when you share about Jesus as you worship him, as you give him glory in front of others than you did about that sale that you found. About that new car that you got with the butt warmer. Girl, my car got a butt warmer. I ain't never had a car with a butt warmer before. About that promotion that you got. Like you go like, 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 like when God gives us stuff, like even on social media, it's like praise Jesus and you just, and you go, I, I, I didn't deserve the job. He gave me the job. It was this long diatribe about this new job you got. I guess it's kind of evangelizing. But opening up yourself and saying, listen, I'm vulnerable. I'm broken. I'm not that good. But the good news, the good news, the good news is God loves me. In my brokenness. He loves me with my bad attitude at times. He loves me in the midst of my my trying marriage. He loves me when my boss makes me feel like I'm going to lose my mind, and I can just go in my car, and I can just cry, and I can pray, and I can face another day. Like, that's the good news. Not original to me. I didn't make it up, but we've heard it before. It's just one beggar telling others where to find bread. And listen, that's what you exist for. Don't let nobody else tell you nothing else about why you're here. If you're a believer, and you're part of his elect, and you're part of his ecclesia, part of his church, that's what you're here for. Every time you go to the job, your supervisor reminds you, unless you're the supervisor, then you remind other people, what they're there for. You're not here to Candy Crush. are representative representative of Dundler Mifflin, right? And you're not going to be on the clock just doing what you want to do. And we got to get rid of this I'm going to do what I want to do mentality. And they try to drag God along. I'm going to do what I want to do and God, just in case you want to know this is what I'm going to do. If you want to meet me there, meet me there. If you don't, hmm. That don't sound like a servant to me. And so why are we here? Glorify God. What should we take away from this? We need to be finding a way to balance our lives in a way. Not to make a new resolution. I'm going to do this this year. This year I'm going to do this. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Put that on the bottom shelf. This year, God, I want to be and become who you've called me to become. I want to do what you want me to do. God, we sang it a while ago. My life is not my own. I belong to you. I give myself away. Holy, wholeheartedly. I'm not holding nothing back. And so many of us in the room today, and we're closed. I think the worship team is going to come help us with one more song. But many of us in the room today. been wrestling with where you are right now. You've been wrestling with your current, God, why? Why am I here? What's my purpose? When you get a little older like me, you start going through what they call a midlife crisis, right? Because a lot of life is in the rear view. It's 43 years in the rear view. And some of the older people saying, boy, you ain't nothing but a puppy. 43 years in the rear And I started thinking, man, God, I might have less ahead of me than I have behind me. Because tomorrow is not promised. And so, if God were to speak to you today, what would he be speaking to you to do? Listen, if you had, and I'm not speaking this over anybody, but if you knew that you only had one month left, what would you do today for God? If you knew you had one week left, what would you do for God? If today was your last day, what would you do for God? Notice I said for God, not for yourself. <laughs> I'm going to clean out my bank account. I'm going to Sizzler. No, 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 I'm not talking about for you. What would you do for God? This is your last day. Think about that for me. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.